0: Howdy, and welcome to back to the FPL jingle. Back if you have listened before, but just welcome on its own if it's your first time. My name is Uncan Heedy, my co-host Stephen Meiselbach is also here. How are you, Steve?
1: I'm not too bad, on
0: how are you? I'm in good form. I'm refreshed and revitalized after a trip to Berlin with my girlfriend. So I'm well up on history and probably able to do a World War Two history podcast, if that's what you're up for.
1: I was just about to say, yeah, so it sounds like you haven't watched any of the games this weekend, and because you were away, it also meant that we couldn't do a, uh, an episode before game week 12, so we're kind of doing one during the middle of the week in prep for game week 13, so, yeah, like, you've really, yeah. you've really screwed the pooch on this one on. So, we missed an episode,
0: and are also mm-hmm. ill-prepared to do an, the next episode. Because well, we're you're in, you up. are
1: ill prepared. There's no we in that in that sentence. There is you. I am. I'm I'm prepared. I'm always prepared.
0: But you don't have the results, Stephen. Are we gonna stay podcasting until the results are revealed?
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll just uh we'll just sit here and neither of us will move <laughs> until the until the the game week results are final.
0: Discussing World War II history for all that time. So who are the nazi power of the premier league at the moment
1: uh oh geez well with all of the xenophobic comments that klopp uh, apparent allegedly made uh during the week uh, i'd rather not comment on that sort of sort of thing what, what, what were these like. so basically klopp came out and said that there's only a few clubs in the world that can compete with um signing players the way that you know man city psg and now newcastle can and that's because they're state run um by the saudi arabia or qatar or whatever and they can just pump as much money into the club because they don't care about losing money because they have well loads and loads of it and so he was like liverpool have to live within their means and then after the game against man city there was a statement released saying that they thought klopp's comments were xenophobic and now he's potentially um bring in a legal lawsuit against Man City because of their statement saying that and then also Eddie Howe was asked about it and he was like well that's not how we live here and we are very much restricted in terms of like our spending and things like that but that's kind of more so due to financial fair play and it's basically a whole bit Well Eddie Howe was dragged into it because the the club is owned by uh, Saudi Arabia and like they're going to be in a few seasons they will be another superpower in the in the premier league if not europe. So, you know, it was kind of directed towards all of those kind of clubs and PSG as well, but they're not going to ask PSG about it because they're not in the premier league, but it's a whole uh, it's a whole thing anyway and especially on the week when there's no room for racism.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I I I'd struggle to find the racist remarks in in what Jurgen Klopp said like a, it, it he he seems to it, his interviewing seems to have deteriorated significantly with the pressure that he's feeling at the moment. He's kind of taken digs and... I think that's always the case, though.
1: The I'd I, very much struggle across any sort of um, public uh, forum to find a guy who talks very well when they're under so much scrutiny and don't have the results to uh, back it up or give them any sorts of confidence when they're talking. Like, Klopp's doing the best he can to probably deflect blame away from the players... Like I think Ferguson was great at that as well, is that he never um let the players take the brunt of it from the media. He'd always come out and even if he said something outlandish that wasn't true, all that would happen is the media would talk about what he said in the conference that was so outlandish that you'd forget that like Van Persie missed a sitter or that Rooney had a bad game, sort of things like that. So I'd say there's a little mm-hmm. bit of that going on as well, but there was a whole that whole game was a bit marred I'd say afterwards by a little bit of controversy. Klopp was saying sorry, Guardiola was saying he had coins thrown at him from the stands, and that their bus was attacked leaving the stadium. So it's a whole thing. Mm, you
0: know, before I move on to the actual podcast, I suppose these two guys <coughs> could learn a lesson from Scott Parker's experience with uh, with uh, Fulham. Is it Fulham he got sacked from? Where's Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Remember he just <laughs> said, uh, "All the all the players are shite. We'll probably lose nine nil again." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I wonder
1: is it kind of uh, Scott Parker sacrificed himself uh, like Gandalf (laughs) in the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship, so that the the band could carry on and they're flying it. I don't think they've lost a game since. And I think like I was saying last week, I think only City and Arsenal have uh, accumulated more points since. And before that game against City, Liverpool were below them in the table. So, you know, fly you fools.
0: I'm sh- I'm sure Parker's at home in a Bournemouth journey, willing them on to Premier League success. So, Stephen, we're we're probably uh beating around the bush of our horrendous mm-hmm. week of fantasy football, and it's uh, kind no, of been. A-
1: stay at the bush. I like the bush.
0: <laughs> uh we're going through. Uh, I'm going to call it a brown patch because it's certainly not a- not a purple <laughs> patch. <laughs> fantasy uh, that, football <laughs> that,
1: don't say it like that, that sounds like we need to go and change our pants Like <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: after this performance I think I will require a new pair of pants uh, <laughs> so the average this week was 46 Yeah, uh, I find to stay at pace with our position we need to be a few points above that but both of us were below uh, as coming into a blank game week
1: Yeah, yeah. So I I was on, I was on forty three. So I was three points below it. And I'm this like as we're again as we're talking, the game week twelve is ongoing. So the game moves so fast. But I had Pope White and Dyer for clean sheets, which was nice. But then the rest of my team just didn't turn up. Uh, Jesus, Haaland, De Bruyne, Foden, Rashford, Martinelli did nothing. Um, Nico Williams came in uh, for me because Kurt Zuma was out with an illness. Uh, Kane got. Uh, gold and three bonus points but that was it like so uh i was i, I i'm in bad shape uh, especially considering now that the uh, game we 12 has um kick-started and i think i have about uh nine players i think because i decided not to drop um de Bruyne Foden Haaland Martinelli uh or no i think i think i might have 10 actually so not too bad, but not great either. I dropped Jesus for Mitrovic, and I also um, brought in a defender. I brought in Mark Weighy for Hjelda, um just to have an extra body there. But that didn't work out really because the game ended one all, or sorry, two one to Palace. So yeah, not
0: great. Yeah. A nice two pointer there from Mark. Yeah, you got four returners on on forty two, and. I'm wondering like where where are, are the points that you missed out on. Like uh, the Spurs clean was one of the only places to get points and you, you had some of that. Uh you had the Arsenal clean. And like what what can you have done differently? The Zaha, I think, got a goal or assist? Um Uh
1: no, that game finished 0-0 at Leicester. So that was that was not there was nothing doing in there. Uh, Ivan Tony got a double uh, Mitchvich scored, uh, Neves scored from the spot. Uh, I think Declan Rice scored for West Ham. Newcastle and Manchester game was nil-nil. Arsenal, uh, Saka and Odegaard combined for a goal there. Chelsea won through Mason Mount and then Salah. So you know there's there's a couple, but I mean at this stage in the season, everyone's gonna have a lot of Man City and and Liverpool, yeah. or, sorry, Man City a bit of Liverpool and then Arsenal. So and is it Saka the, that hurt us. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Saka. But I mean, yeah, because you you look around and you're like, well, Bournemouth had Solanke, Fulham had like Mitrovic, Tony Kane obviously scored a goal, and then like it's Saka and Mount and Salah. Like, there's not, yeah, there's not much. No, I'm
0: I'm just I'm wondering how we fell so far short. I got 42 personally. Didn't take a hit this week, but I took one last week, so I'm still feeling like I'm lagging way behind. I, I had a Pope clean and a Trippier clean, that's like 12 almost all my points. Romero got me 6, and then Mitrovic got me the 7, and like yourself I had feck all else. got subbed at half time, a useless little sod. Gehi and Andreas stayed on my bench with a total of 12 points. Also Ward had 6 points on my bench as well. So, uh, yeah. Had I not, had I not made moves, the move for Cucurella and Gehe came in. That would have been nice, but it wasn't to be. Uh, yeah, Forty. I see you
1: have a. I see you have a small list here, Owen, of players that you'd like to um, have a moan about. So, if you want to do that now, I'd say just do it now while the floor is yours.
0: Yeah, I'd like to have. I I have a gripe uh, with with fantasy <laughs> football over the last three to four weeks. So. <laughs> I met, I made big, big moves a long time ago. I, I, what did I do? Got, got rid of Cancelo, Kulusevsky, and Bailey and brought in Madison, Zaha, and Gehi at the time. And mm. Gehi has, I think, stayed on my bench all the time or else got a two-pointer. <laughs> Zaha, in fairness, has returned twice. Madison did shag all and got two yellow cards and got mm. himself suspended for the week that <laughs> I fucking brought him in for. <laughs> So I'm quite upset with all those. Uh, in that time, Kuleszewski, Patterson, Bailey, Reese, James, and Alexander Mitrovic also got injured. So those are my excuses. Those well, are Mitrovic lodged. was
1: back though. Mitrovic was back, and he and he scored for you, mm. He returned. So he I can is understand he is back, one. but his his uh, two Reese James, yeah, James is yeah. Oh, Reese James is is unfortunate. I think a bit like um, Fafan. I think it happened during a Champions League game against Milan. Uh, Bailey. Uh, Bailey is back fit but I mean Villa looked pretty poor and Gerrard is probably one of the favourite managers to get sacked next so don't know how good that, a player he would be. Patterson's been out for a long term injury like so you know mm-hmm. there's not much you can say about that I think he was due back at the end of this month but I think they pushed that out another couple of weeks just to be safe and yeah Kuliszewski uh, I feel you have a right to feel aggrieved because he came back from international duty and they said it wasn't too bad and he hasn't played since <laughs> And they say he's basically day to day, so but I think where Richarlis now at injured now, they'll probably try and rush him back a bit.
0: Yeah, I, I kinda heard Kante's comments where he was saying like maybe Perisic will play in a front three, or maybe Mura or Gill will get a game. I'm sure we'll see Gill up top. Brian for Spurs. Gill really will not get a game. <laughs> <top. He's> got... <laughs> Brian Gil should not said, get a game for Spurs. Kante said Gill is an option. Uh huh. Sure but that they did. might play two up top.
1: He also two said two. that Matt Daugherty wasn't an option because he didn't think <laughs> because he wants to try and win games and then Matt Daugherty started the game and they won. So and like Matt Daugherty came off as a sub and I swear to God Conte gave him like the biggest hug and like talking to like it was it was it was like he, he was elated. Like <laughs> I don't know if this has ever happened on him, but it's like when your dad feels proud of you. No. No, no, no. That doesn't happen. Not, not to yeah, real I didn't people. think so. Yeah, me neither. Um, me neither. So
0: I I I'm I feel like uh, anyways over the last few weeks fantasy football has just gotten away from me. Basically, it yeah. started with saying, look, we'll, we 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 had the the wild card there. What was it? Oh, yeah, we used the wild card back in week 9 or something. Or, uh, Lang- Lang- yeah, which ago. I
1: think was smart. I still stand by that.
0: I do. But I at the time said I'm going to drop Saliba. Going to drop one Arsenal player because I have six Arsenal City players and I'm gonna work my way towards the blank game when Saliba goes and scores a goal and then another <laughs> week goes by and I say well I'm still I'm gonna stand by decision I made I'm gonna drop Cancelo two defenders are not gonna score goals just cause I fucking drop him Cancelo goes and scores a fucking goal
1: Adam and then I bring in
0: I, Ma- I bring in Madison because it makes sense and then he's suspended and and uh, didn't bother getting in Kane when Mitrovic got injured and Jesus fucking Christ it's been bad decision after bad decision now for a while
1: yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of why um I'm in a similar position like because I'm looking at my team and I'm thinking jeez well if I got rid of Pope I could bring in I could maybe bring in Kepa for him that would free up a bit of money I could maybe get Cancelo back in and uh, maybe get rid of Rashford now that he's out of the rotation maybe bring in someone like Eze or if the money is there maybe Zaha get um you know, there's so many moves that I would like to make, and maybe that's a topic we'll get onto later in terms of like the free hit. Um, it's like it, its something that it would tempt you, but I don't know whether it's worth it, and then maybe that we'll get onto that later.
0: Yeah, we'll touch on that later in the podcast. Free hit opinions. Um, did you watch any football game week eleven, Steve?
1: Yeah, I pretty much did nothing but because I was like. Trying to take it easy uh, after being in London the weekend before. So I saw a lot of the games. Um, Brentford game, had a nice performance. Uh, Brighton are still trying, struggling to score goals. They've gone back to being XG uh, Brighton again. So we'll see what they have to do there. Uh, the Zerby came out and said his Sassuolo players knew how to score goals. This team doesn't, so he knows what he needs to work on. Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know it was rough. Uh, the Fulham Bournemouth game was interesting Bournemouth taken the lead twice only to be pegged back both times by Fulham um, who I think were without a win in the last three so be interesting to see how they do, having Mitrovic back for this game was huge um, Kane obviously scored as they beat Everton 2-0 but they kind of left it late it was Jordan Pickford being Jordan Pickford again with an absolute howler uh, he saved a shot but didn't hold on to it so the ball spilled loose and when Kane was first to it Pickford basically barged into the side of him and it was a penalty yeah, um, yeah. the West Ham game was marred in a bit of controversy because apparently Jared Bowen was impeded on his way to the ball for what would have been a, a West Ham goal. Uh, I can't, I didn't see it, so I can't really comment on that. Uh, while we watched the Newcastle uh, and Man United game, unfortunately, because it was, it was fucking dire, the Arsenal Leeds game was. Um, postponed for about 45 minutes because they had a power outage and they couldn't use VAR or the ref comms. So that kind of was nice in a way because you were able to kind of alternate between the games. Uh, Arsenal, probably a little bit fortunate to get out of there with a win. Bamford obviously dragging his penalty wide right. And then there was obviously the incident with him and Gabriel at the end of the game where it looked like Gabriel lashed out and then the ref gave a red card and a penalty. I don't know where the penalty came from. He definitely lashed out. But uh, the ref saw that Bamford shoved him in the back beforehand and that kind of initiated it. So he rescinded the red card and gave a free kick to Arsenal. So, yeah. Uh, Villa, uh, probably a bit unlucky not to of, at least uh, get a goal. Sorry?
0: I thought it was, I thought it was very remin- reminiscent of Antonio or a uh, son's kick out on Rudiger. Let him cry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't think Gabriel would have cried. He doesn't seem like the crying type. Uh, yeah. Villa probably feel hard, aggrieved to not uh, have at least scored a goal in their loss to Chelsea but Keppa was on top form and like we mentioned earlier has nailed down that starting spot it seems and then yeah the surprise of the weekend Liverpool beating Man City at home at Anfield. I think Pep has played there I think seven or eight times. I think he's won once when there was no crowd drawn twice and lost the other five times so obviously not a happy hunting ground for him and uh, yeah Liverpool kind of uh, went back to a bit of counter attack and old style football and just kind of soaked up the pressure and hit them on the counter and got away with uh three points there but I don't know if that is going to be the turnaround for their season that they needed might be but the way that they played isn't going to be the way they play against every team and there's also like those games against Man City it's almost it's a real Derby type atmosphere and you get up for it you get yourself g'd up for it and I don't know if that's going to be the way that they can do that for every game. <laughs> so You're
0: telling me that starting James Milner right back is not sustainable.
1: Not even that, but just the way that they set up and, and the way that they played, I don't think is going to be sustainable because they're going to be the team with the majority of the possession in most games. They weren't in this game because they're playing Man City, who love to hold on to the possession. And I think uh, Guardiola's come even come out and said that. Uh, he doesn't really like it unless his team can string about fifteen passes together in one sequence, so like imagine that like what they're doing on the training ground so um yeah. but yeah,
0: uh, that was a big surprise um glad glad that people holding on to city players got shafted and yeah, felt a myself bit of my and yourself pain. included. <laughs> Well, I only have two of them, so I don't feel too badly off. We had said last week that we should be targeting Wolves, and then the second-worst team in the league couldn't do anything against them, so maybe we'll rescind that comment. Um, Yeah, a few few interesting things. You mentioned Keppa. I think we'll be talking about him later in the pod. Uh, The Man United forwards didn't do anything against Newcastle, although they do have a highly rated defence. And... um, well, a, a lot of talk has come out, uh, I suppose, after Crystal Palace have already won this week, uh, game week 12. But uh, mm-hmm. they've had a, a convincing game against Leicester, drew with them nil-nil. And I think this season they've only lost to Chelsea, City and Arsenal. So Yeah,
1: I think their they're, they're, they're position in the, the league table probably doesn't re- reflect their performances in the league, I would say. Um, like, yeah, they they... Beat Wolves, beat Leeds, drew with Leicester, lost to Chelsea, drew with Newcastle, who look like a very good side, drew at Brentford, lost to City, beat Villa, drew with Liverpool, lost to Arsenal. So like, they've played four of the top six teams in that in that run of ten games, and they've lost three of those, drawn one, and then they've won their other couple and drawn the others. So like, they're yeah. they're doing pretty good, and more importantly, I think if you look at the um, the fixtures they have coming up, like um, Everton, Southampton, West Ham, Nottingham Forest, they have a very nice run-in before the winter break.
0: Yeah, so I think later in the pod we'll be talking about who you might pick up out of that Crystal Palace team. Um, before we go to the break, Stephen, the bankers didn't really <sighs> go our way this week.
1: Uh, no, the the bank got well and truly raided. <laughs> Uh, there, there's nothing, there nothing left. The I think bank. there might be a, I think there might be a euro on the floor there. Um, but I'm not, I'm afraid to go over to it in case it's one of those pranks where they glue it to the floor. That's um,
0: basically what's going to happen here.
1: <laughs> Surprise uh, of the
0: week is Emmanuel Dennis. Not yeah. Well, a uh, sure. Hotly yeah. Tipped. I mean,
1: maybe. Yeah, hotly tipped by uh by Mister Canhedi, who shall remain nameless. Otherwise, it's like that thing in The Simpsons. Is like uh. Oh, I uh, see. <laughs> Lisa S. No, no, that's too obvious. Uh, L Simpson. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. um, Haaland blanked. Uh, Kane returned. Jesus blanked. And then you went for Dennis, who surprisingly blanked. I think he was subbed off before Uh, they missed a penalty. So, he, imagine so was he, very might have taken, he might have taken that if he was on the field, but we don't know who their natural penalty taker is. And then I went with Bowen, who apparently would have had a goal if it wasn't for the ref getting in his way. So...
0: Could have been the worse. Ref, the ref should have, in his honour, had, like had a pop. Just you know, to, leave yeah. to make it fair.
1: <laughs> Do you think he went, Shearer! As he, as he would have done it.
0: No, I'd say he'd roar Bowen, because you know, he has to embody the player that he's shooting for. Oh, um, is that it? So probably in the future, ignore this section of the podcast if you <laughs> can, because we're going to be approximately 20% right
1: I uh, know uh, I will a, say was that a in fairness week. to us yeah it was, it was a wild, a wild week fucking a, week and we've been pretty good in them previously so I'm going to give us a pass on this week but yeah if we have another bad performance I think really need to take a long hard look in the mirror doing
0: cocaine
1: Uh. well yeah I mean I wasn't <laughs> going to mention that part on the podcast <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, nice little staring in the mirror uh, okay, <laughs> we're going to go to an ad break and uh, see how we get on. After that, we, we're we going to look at game week 13 as game week 12 still unfolds. We'll do another section of bankers and outside picks that you shouldn't listen to. And we're going to take some questions and such from Twitter. I'll see you soon. Okay, Steve, are you finished with the mirror?
1: Uh, no. Give me another five minutes.
0: <laughs> okay, we'll be back after another brief commercial break. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um Game Week thirteen is not upon us. It's actually still game week twelve, but it's gonna be back in action. I'm I, I'm I'm very much feeling like a hit coming into this week because we'll have that blank of Man City and Arsenal over and we have some cracking games for where a lot of points are on offer, I would say. Liverpool play Forest, one of the worst teams in the league. City play Brighton uh, who are struggling for form after their change in manager. Uh, Chelsea play United, so that's not an easy one to predict, but just a nice game. Uh, Arsenal will face Southampton and surely get a result there. And I do think Kane is going to get something against Newcastle, although it might be tougher for them to maintain the clean sheet there. Certainly, uh, uh, points on offer this week, Steve.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Considering the the kind of bit of barren wasteland that feels like game week 12 uh this week definitely throws throws up some nice fixtures in terms of fantasy the spurs and newcastle one is interesting because i think people will probably have a bit of players from both be it pope or Trippier or maybe even callum wilson and then likewise with spurs and maybe kane or son or well actually nobody should have son but maybe like a defender like paris hitch or dyer so it'd be interesting to see how that one plays out but yeah like um City a home to Brighton, Liverpool away to Forest, Arsenal away to Southampton. A lot of the good fantasy teams are playing nice uh, opponents.
0: Yeah, and I'm actually super interested in the Palace versus Everton game. I know Lampard has kind of settled things there at Everton. They're not an attacking side, but they're one that just got their shitting together. And Palace are on the up. I do expect a Palace win here. I'd like to see them go and win it convincingly, and then we'll be rubbing our hands together, picking up Eze and such but yeah, uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting one.
1: Yeah, definitely will. I think someone summarized it well with Everton in that they know how to defend and they know how to attack, but they can't do both things at once. So like in the, (laughs) in the game against United, they kind of got lucky with that. Well, we just had like a bit of a wonder strike, but the games before that, like against Southampton and, and such were games that they were expected to win and dominate. And they kind of could focus on the attacking side more so than the defending. But you know, once they kind of go into that defensive shape they don't really have anything going forward so it'll be interesting to see how they play it against Palace because they'll probably feel like this is a game that they can get a win at and they'll probably try and go for it which might leave them open at the back a little bit more
0: Absolutely Um. what, what, what will be interesting to see is if they can play uh, defensively well but with Calvert-Lewin actually have a threat uh, depending on his fitness so we'll see we'll see how he comes back. Um those are your games for 13 and I hopefully now it's not another wild one and we don't get shafted left and right. But uh, yeah, question time. You've you've titled this section question time, Steve. Can you tell me more about that?
1: Uh this is literally the time where we answer questions. And So that was the name of the title. I'm not a very creative person on.
0: Uh maybe we'll put in a little jingle here. I'll just go. Yeah. <laughs> Something do 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 question time. That'll be it.
1: Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> Glad we got that sorted. That was really <laughs> bothering me for for about the last thirty seconds.
0: Administrative procedures have been completed. Yeah. Marcus Rashford. Get out. Um I like I I I'm amazed. I, I I totally anticipated the the uprising of Marcus. I thought Ronaldo was dead, dead and gone. Martial, I think, is carrying a knock at the moment. Uh, they have a few decent wingers and Bruno. I, I just thought, like Rashford was the starting forward. How is a thirty-eight-year-old taking his spot?
1: I think it's because Ten Hag has almost been forced into doing something to try and get a a, a not a result, but try and get a a jolt out of this team. The game against. Um, Everton they scored two goals but it kind of felt like they didn't really dominate the game that much and didn't create that many chances I didn't think anyway maybe I'm wrong on that but and then the game against Newcastle they were it looked like they were scrambling and they didn't really have any sort of idea of what they wanted to do it kind of felt like they got into the final third and then kind of didn't really know what to do from there and it just feels like it's kind of the same old thing with Ronaldo, in that like he's kind of. It's not even like the the fact he's demanding the ball. It's just like his presence on the field feels like the players almost have to get the ball into him, whether it's the right pass or not. And more often than not, it's not the right idea. They had Ronaldo went through once and put the ball in the net, but he was like a yard offside in the build up beforehand. So, like that's the only reason that he even got into that position. Rashford's is probably a little pace. bit unlucky in that they've he, he's been trying to rotate. The, the the forwards in order to get a result I feel like Anthony's kind of locked down that right hand side position but Anthony's problem as well is that he can only play with his left he can't play with his right so all you have to do is show him the touchline and he won't be able to do anything he either cuts in and shoots or he plays it backwards to recycle possession so you know what you're getting out there Martial came off early in the game against Everton but it was only a slight knock and I think he was on the bench at the weekend. We know. If not, he's... he's no? Uh, okay, well, I think Ten Hag said it's not serious, so I think he'll be back sooner rather than later. And yeah, I think Rashford's uh, just...
0: Sorry, I was going to say, you mentioned the bench, Steve. I'm looking uh, at the Newcastle game. They made one substitution that was Rashford coming on for Ronaldo in the 72nd. The rest of yeah. the team are, are not Premier League footballers. There's just a lot of young lads. Garnaccio. Oh, is nice, but he didn't get a game. Palestri, Menu, Iqbal, Malassia, Lindelof and Heaton. Uh, Ericsson is not there. I'm sure they're missing, yeah, Maguire isn't there. They might be missing one or two others. But like, the, it's an astonishingly bad bench for Man United.
1: Yeah, I think that's the other thing is that probably people aren't talking about as much as that in terms of like depth, it doesn't really have a whole lot. It kind of does feel like that if if like McTominay was to go down like I think at the weekend we saw the worst of Fred again unfortunately that that pivot relationship with Casemiro just didn't seem to really be working it allowed Fred to go a bit more further forward but I don't know if that's where he's best served so in the in the in the the, the sake of fairness and not harping on about United too much I just think Rashford is a victim of rotation and Ten Hag trying to get some sort of spark out of this team and he probably will continue with Ronaldo I think for the next little bit anyway or when Martial is back fit I'd say Ronaldo uh, Martial might get a run out at striker then just to see what he's got because I think he looked impressive in preseason before he got injured and then against Everton he did contribute to the uh, equalizer I think he got the assist for it and then was obviously injured so I think Ten Hag does like what he what he sees out of him.
0: Yeah, so I think it's fair to say that that this Man United team they do it every season they'll probably just see patches of form and fits and starts and it'll be difficult to predict who's actually scoring and maybe you're best off to avoid picking up the inform forward in that team and just sticking with someone more consistent elsewhere. Uh and the next line, see your Steve, is someone like Eze question mark. <laughs> and I totally agree.
1: Yeah, thanks. On it's nice to have my notes read out to me when that like I, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to actually formulate them into better questions next time. I didn't think you would just read them out verbatim. I thought you'd add a bit of pizzazz to it. But uh, yeah, Zaha or in, our... in
0: vocal tones.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> They both look like decent assets. Obviously, Zaha costs a bit more, but it'd probably be worth (coughs) it in the long term. Eze is also a decent uh, asset. He's a million quid cheaper, but he's probably going to go up in price after the game against Wolves, where he scored a goal. Uh, He takes their set pieces uh, in terms of corners and free kicks in certain situations, so he creates a lot there and he's almost a guaranteed starter and they have a nice set of fixtures running in, so he's definitely a, a, a better option than rashford at the moment i would say and that also allows you an extra million quid to upgrade players elsewhere
0: three bonus points as well for as a uh just smart decision across the board palace as we said have the, the easier run in now after having taken on most of the top six so they are in very good form um Yeah, so Steve, you had mentioned that maybe it's time to drop Rashford, and I thought maybe a sanity check on Madison and Zaha was a good idea. Madison, for me, has been an absolute fucking nightmare. Uh, Zaha, not so much. Uh, I think I'm very much pleased with Zaha starting in the Palace side, getting shots on target every single game. He's not the same Zaha as you would have seen two to three years ago. He's much more consistent and less flaky. Um, but maybe there's more of a question mark around Madison, like is it just is it just free kicks that this man scores, or what the hell is he doing?
1: It's I so I never really liked the idea of picking up Madison because it felt like he was just outperforming the team's performance, if that makes sense in any way. I thought he was Bit I thought Grealish. that the team Yeah, exactly. A little bit like Grealish in the fact that everyone else around him was playing so poorly, but he would just kind of do something himself to make up for it. But that's kind of dried up in the last uh, few weeks. The game against um, Palace was a a nil-nil and then they lost to Bournemouth despite going a goal up. And in that time he picked up. Um, enough yellow cards that he's suspended for the game week 12 game against Leeds at home which you really would have fancied Leicester to get a result in but with Madison now not in the team and Vardy also just seemingly out of favour with Rodgers I don't know uh, how they will fare in that game it's a weird one Leicester is so weird like I I don't know um, if I've seen a similar situation to it in football where it's clear that the manager probably wants to move on because the squad wasn't invested in because they didn't have enough money but they can't afford to sack Rodgers because then they would have to pay him compensation, which they don't want. So they're making him stay in a job where he doesn't really want to be there. So he's trying to turn things around, but it feels like it's almost half-heartedly. And I don't know, I just feel that's what I kind of, the vibe I get from this Leicester team. It feels like they're just going through the motions to try and survive the this season and, and, and rebuild next season maybe.
0: That is the rumor that's flying about. Is that is that Rogers is in his job because they can't afford to sack him, uh, and yeah, like clearly there was a lot of discontent, and yeah, weird weird is the word because it's hard to say what the hell is going on. Like it's hard to say, that, 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 that despite having produced one or two results over, let's say, the last five weeks, you you can't point out decent players that you'd like to have in your fantasy football team and you can't you've no idea how next game week is going to go you
1: yeah. know they're probably going like, to
0: concede and they might still win
1: like they're going to play Leeds tonight they're going to play Wolves away at the weekend they've got City at home and then they've got Everton away and West Ham away before the winter break uh, like the Wolves game potentially and the Everton game as well but I mean I don't know they kind of feel like throws of the dice like it kind of feels like those are 50-50 games whereas before you'd you'd almost say they were bankers to win those ones. I just don't know. I, it's a bit like Forrest uh, when they gave um, the manager that new contract, even though they are arguably have the worst team in the league in terms of like performance. I think they've conceded the most goals of anyone in the league this season, and they don't look like scoring any, and yes, they've given him the new contract, so they can't really afford to sack him because the compensation to pay him out will be huge. Um, but then if the fans start you know given out and everything there's nothing really they can do their hands are tied so it sounds like he's going to be there whether they stay up or get relegated so it's yeah it's just a weird one
0: i agree with that uh tough one to get wrap your head around uh next up steve we're, we're going to talk about rebuilding for those of us that did drop man city and arsenal players the likes of me uh this week some of some people might only have three, I only have four. Others will still have five and six and, and won't be in a position where they need to be making multiple transfers to get back mm. into a competitive side next week. Um I'll kind of share my plan that I want. I have Martinelli, Jesus, De Bruyne, and Halland. I think yep. I think maybe Saka is better than Martinelli, and maybe Foden's better valued than De Bruyne. I think I pretty much have the most necessary players there already. I'm very much feeling like a hit to get in both Saka and Foden. Uh I could see myself dropping Madison and maybe Fulham's Andreas, although then that would require me to make a third transfer and a minus eight. It probably won't happen. I'm happy mm-hmm. with Zaha. Certainly I'll be dropping Madison for at least at least uh, a Foden. I'm hard to decide whether I'd go for Foden or Saka if I just do the one transfer. Um, but, but would you agree absolutely necessary to get back up to the 6 of those players
1: I'd say if minimum 5 yeah I think if you have the Man City defender of either well pretty much Cancelo I think if other than Cancelo I think it's a toss up who plays week in week out now the walkers out injured long term maybe an Arsenal defender in there I have Ben White for example uh, Martinelli I think is, transfer- is fantasy gold so I, I, I'm I'm going to hold on to him yeah, I have De Bruyne, I have Foden, I have Haaland. So those are my City three. Um, Yeah, that, that's kind of where I'd be going. I think Saka, especially because um, the form he's in, he takes the penalties. I think he's a great guy to get in if you can afford him. And me personally, I'll probably be bringing back in Jesus. I have Mitrovic there, but after... Not, maybe not this week but the following week when I have two tra- two transfers that I can use I'll I'll make a couple of changes and bring Jesus back in but Mitrovic will do for the time being but uh, yeah like that's um, that's a very strong midfield that you're talking about there I think with like Foden, Saka, Martinelli
0: absolutely De Bruyne and Zaha if I can afford it as well will be yeah. fantastic uh, then for me it'll pretty much be filling out the rest of the team with Crystal Palace Crystal Palace and Newcastle players. Uh, I'll also be struggling away with Carella in his minutes and Mitrovic. Um, should it, we one, one, Yeah. Uh Yeah, go on, Steve. I have another question for you after.
1: No, I was going to say, one thing what should we consider is, should we consider getting Kepa in for the, the keeper slot, 4.4, and he's almost a guaranteed starter for Chelsea now, it seems.
0: Well... I have Kukurela, and I can tell you who I'd much prefer to have on my team right now is fucking Kepa Ariza Balaga. Um, I, I have no qualms with that. I think if either Mendy or Kepa put two decent games together, they'd have that spot nailed down for the third. Um, Hopefully Kepa can just... If Kepa keeps playing well, he's going to start every single Premier League game. I'm very, very confident of that. How confident am I that he can stay playing well? Unsure. But uh, at the moment he is, and he's going to start. So get him in your basket.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the 10 items or less checkout in the supermarket.
0: Uh, so many transfers I want to make, it kind of hurts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and I suppose that kind of leads us into the the question that I had earlier on, is that with all these transfers that we want to make, is the free hit uh, a viable option? Now... I, I, probably not because of the fact that we're we're still not into the real i'd say the real thick of it yet in terms of like the league cup the fa cup europe premier league so there's going to be weeks where games have to be rearranged or so there's going to be blanks and there's going to be double game weeks and things like that are going to happen so you're probably better off waiting for something like that but I mean, like you said there, you know, you were talking about so many transfers you want to make, I would potentially swap Pope for Kepa, then that would free up a bit of money maybe upgrade, like, Dyer to uh, can- uh, Cancelo or maybe some other um top defender. I already have three cities, so I couldn't really do that. But I could maybe upgrade Andreas to, like, Zaha. I could maybe get uh, Jesus in. Like, you know, there's a lot of things you can do. With the way things are in the, in the in the league at the moment, I feel like defenders aren't premium. Defenders aren't worth the price. Like i Cancelo probably just purely because he's like the only guaranteed starter in that city backline that we know about, apart from Ederson, obviously. But like Trent Robertson, no. Like uh, you can get Ben White in and that Arsenal defense for four and a half, uh, Guayhi or Joachim Anderson. Are like four and a half or four point four, and Palace have some nice fixtures coming up, so you can have a very uh, cheap backline for that'll that'll do the job.
0: Yeah, um, totally. Um, so
1: <laughs> I remember
0: the point you're making about the defense. You start you started on the free hit, and and then moved on to the solid players around the league. But I suppose to go back to the free hit comment, if you did free hit and had a decent team for game week 13, we said there's a lot of points on offer. But then if you go into game week 14, Arsenal play Forest, City play Leicester, Liverpool play Leeds, you're in the exact same position. Uh, it's it's the, the free hit hasn't solved any of the problems. You've just pushed it out a week. Um... And I think, Steve, you're right. I think rather than using it on this week where there's 10 games being played and you might already have a lot of City and Arsenal players, maybe save it for a week where there's only four or five fixtures or, for example, there's 16, 17 fixtures. Uh, I think you'll be able to get a few more points out of a free hit then. Uh, I think that's a fair enough option. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, so we've 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 been teasing for a long time now uh, about picking up Palace players. I mentioned I already have three of them. I have uh, Gehi, Anderson, and Zaha, and I I'd I'd like more. <laughs> Can I have more? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I you you probably could, but I don't know whether that's really that good <laughs> a good idea. You know, Goiata for four point five is probably good value. Um, in terms of it, but you've already got Anderson and Gwyhee that you mentioned before. So it feels like triple, pal- triple palace defense would only be just like <laughs> arrogance, really. Uh, you've got the top performer for that team in Zaha, but Eze is very close behind him on 4.6. He's actually gone up 0.1 since I last saw. So those are the two assets. And then I honestly, other than that, I don't really think that there's much value elsewhere. Edward maybe, but I, I don't really fancy him. Uh, he's done okay since he moved from Celtic, but not consistent enough for me. Two goals and two assists so far this season. Um, and then he gets rotated with Mateta too much. I don't think he ever finishes a game. So you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be inclined to to go for anyone other than either Zaha or Eze or one or possibly two defenders, and then leave it at that.
0: Yeah, um, so, yeah, Edward up top, as you mentioned, like, only two goals. That's not really going to cut it. Uh, Eze is a real option. I have him in draft. I can see on 47 points he currently has. Yeah, he yeah. only has the two goals and two assists. But that's enough from a 5.6 rated midfielder. I think, you know, yeah. you're, not, you're not paying that much money. Uh, Alise is pretty sexy, too, but just doesn't play any games, so... Maybe stay away from him. Elise
1: is starting to play. No, but in fairness to Elise, now he is starting to play a lot more games. Like, if you look at his minutes uh, since week nine against Chelsea, 90 minutes, 84 minutes. I think he came on as a sub against Leicester, but I think that's because they had the quick turnaround uh, for the midweek game where he played 79 minutes. And in those five games, he's gotten two assists. So, what they've done is they've moved Elise out to the right instead of Jordan Ayu play Zaha on the left and then Eze has kind of gone into the midfield along with Decore okay. and Jeffrey Schlupp. So that's kind of where how they're playing at the moment and it is working out well for them. Zaha and Eze tend to link up well on that left hand side the whole time and then Elise does uh, kind of have free reign to get forward on the right. So I I,
0: I would be inclined to say the ideal combination is Zaha and Eze. With a Palace defender, although you don't need three, I think if you have Zaha and just a Palace defender because they're so cheap, you're going to be profiting enough yeah. off uh, these good value uh, players. Yeah, like
1: I think we Palace are a good side, and, and definitely, but I don't think it's worth being that reliant on that team. I, they, they are still a little bit hit and miss. Like they do have nice fixtures and everything, but I mean, I don't know if I go three strong with them.
0: What do you mean, Steve? I've got the double palace defense.
1: <laughs> that's your own bed, and you can lie <laughs> in it.
0: Uh, Alright, that's going to do it for question time. You can play that jingle again. Um, you can to play it. You're bankers. the one editing this. I'll uh, play that jingle once more. Should get Tig back on <laughs> the podcast to do some singing and playing verse. The three bankers and outside pick section this time, game week 13. Uh, number one you guessed it Erling Haaland Uh, top of the charts he scored last week no he didn't not last week but uh, did score the week before Uh, this is his first blank am I right in saying that
1: I believe so give me two seconds and I'll just double check for you actually there might be one no he had a blank no he didn't Uh, yeah no this is his first blank Jesus Christ that's insane I thought he had a blank against Bournemouth in the 4-0, but he actually did get one assist in that game. That's that's insane. So, yeah.
0: it's Yeah, yeah insane is the word, Stephen. That's why he's number one for your banker. Uh, if Redo is going to be Kane, I think he has maxed three blanks. Is that fair to say?
1: Kane has played uh, every game this season, and he's scored a goal in the last... One, two, three, four, is five, one six games. Five games in a row, sorry. He scored in the last five games in a row, and he's got nine goals so far this season. Which is like on course for like golden regular golden boot territory, and were it not for Haaland just being an absolute machine, he'd probably be getting a lot more praise than he is at the moment.
0: Had he scored in that West Ham game, he'd be on a ten game scoring streak. So yeah, two ridiculous like forwards. If they're not in your team, you're probably doing quite poorly, like myself, out at seven hundred thousand rank. And then Steve hotly debated third in the bankers section. Um, yeah, Salah. That was is, a yeah, That was a stands tough one.
1: out. So yeah, we kind of had a bit of trouble over this, and so that's kind of why we've kind of chickened out in the end, I suppose, on and confer for like a a. a a trio Top of players. Five. I personally I personally went for Salah because I thought Liverpool um after the performance against City and having and being away to Nottingham Forest to have the worst defence in the league would probably be a banker, but I think you were a bit less inclined to get him in your team and you were thinking someone more like Saka or Foden.
0: Uh yeah, the reason being that um Salah's one goal against Manchester City following a fairly poor run of form doesn't undo everything you know it was as you said steve a derby atmosphere and uh he got he got the nice return in a very important game but is he back in form is form a thing i'm not so sure um so that's why i would be more inclined to go for saka or foden for me i suppose it was more realistic for me that i would have saka or foden in my team because of the price point um but also i'm not convinced that salah is going to score you have um, you have what what is it? The Jota and the Diaz injuries. Uh, you have yeah. Trent not playing at his full potential. You have Robertson just back. You have bad Liverpool still playing at the moment. So yeah,
1: and just I'll just interrupt you there for a second on to say that it looks like Liverpool are going for like almost like a four four two. Is what Footmob has it down as? So Becker, uh, Trent, Gomez, Van Dijk, simikas Salah, Henderson, Thiago, Fabio Carvalho, and then Firmino and Nunez in what looks like a front two. So unless that's going to be a 4-3, it could be a 4-3-3 with Fabio Carvalho dropping into the midfield. But uh, interesting, anyway, to see what they're trying to do to cope with the losses to Diaz and Jota.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's... uh... I see some people talking about Nunez getting him in because of all those injuries. He's guaranteed playtime and for his minutes no, he gets a lot I of goals. Can't. But he's just no doesn't look like a fantastic footballer. No, so Steve, God, your, no. your top pick for number three this uh, time is going to be Salah. And for yeah. me... For me... Yeah, I know I argued with it, but I'm actually just going to back you. I'm going to say maybe you're right.
1: <laughs> okay. I'm glad that we had that fifteen minute discussion just to find out on the pod that I was right all along. <laughs> so do you want to give your outside pick first or will I own?
0: Me first. It's gonna be Patson Dakar. Uh he's taken on wolves. <laughs> we've we've been adamant on this podcast that wolves are shit and other teams score lots <laughs> against them. Did Patson you Dekka. did you see
1: the did you see the tweet that the wolves uh, um Twitter PR put out, um, or sorry, no, it was Forest uh, put out saying like playtime, and it was like Emmanuel Dennis with a bunch of like wolf cubs, and then a full time after Wolves won, they put up, <laughs> and they put up a tweet saying playtime's over, and it was the picture of a tree stump with an axe in it. <laughs> that
0: was very oh, good. Okay, I, I, I do you know what, I saw it, and 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 I didn't pick up on the reference. I saw I saw the tree, and I was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> um,
1: forest stone, I, I trees. Do, I do There's like trees in spots. a
0: forest. I do like those spats. Not quite as good as Neil Maupay's fuck those trees.
1: Fuck uh, <laughs> <laughs> them trees after yeah. Bellerin, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. So I, mine's going to be Pats and Dak. I know he's got the curly finger on the hour, but that is because they have Jamie Vardy on the bench and every team in the world is going to give him 20 minutes, half an hour, regardless of his fitness. Um, Not going through, like, yeah, well, I was going to say not going through a bad patch of form. Going through one of his best patches of form. He has how many goals. This Stephen, this this Stephen, this season. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Let me do, do you a bit. Guess of...
1: Guess or will I tell you? Um,
0: I was going to do a bit of magical podcast editing and cut this bit out, but instead I will guess. I'm going to say three. Yeah, three. Fucking brilliant! I'm going to cut out the guessing bit and just pretend that I got it right. Bang on. Uh, why it's not? Gonna be I did it last Steve. week. <laughs> is going to be for you
1: it's going to be bamford for me um obviously i'm not privy to the game that they're be playing against um that they're be playing <laughs> shut up you you, a, you, you, fail, you made, a, you made an, an, uh, an error earlier and i didn't correct you so you're just an asshole uh, they get. They're, they're obviously going to be playing years. Leicester away. And Bamford, I thought looked good in the appearance he made against Arsenal. I know he missed the penalty, but other than that, his hold up play is very good. Link up play. He was getting the right spots. They look a bit more lively with him on the pitch. Um, he's also brought himself in and captained himself for this game, so it looks like he's going to be starting and probably do something against Leicester. So uh, if he, I'm, I'm get, getting in there in advance. If he does do something, that I think he'll do something in game week thirteen as well.
0: A double, a double uh, prediction. We've never had that, not on this show. Yeah, we're,
1: well, we're never in the we're never really in the uh, in the ability to. It's an odd scenario that we're in at the moment with the games midweek and still going on as we record.
0: Yeah, it's strange. So that's going to be our bankers and outside picks. Uh, big news: the FPL Jingle Derby took place over the weekend. Awful and. Your gorgeous host of the podcast got a big win there.
1: Yeah, uh, face for radio.
0: <laughs> and a voice for, uh, I don't know, backing tracks. 55 <laughs> points, an outstanding score in draft. No captains, no nothing, no 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 chips. Yeah, people
1: know how a draft works on.
0: Uh, I'm just reminding them about how impressive a score of 5-5 mm. is. I don't really think uh, it is I'll read down through it Kepa Balaga Inspired pickup Given Mendy's bad turn of form 10 points Perisic gets an 8 cons- or White with 6 We've Ivan Tony's 12 points 2 goals For that man And an impressive 13 on the bench In Gehi and Robertson So uh Nice week Salah got a return too Nice week Really enjoyed it Um how about on your end, Steve.
1: Well yeah, obviously we were playing each other and you beat me, so there's not much I can say about that. Uh Gwiata for eleven, and then we had a lot of the same players. You both had Cancelo, we both had Perisic, we both had Bowen, I think we both had Wilson, so uh I had Zaha who didn't didn't do much, Havertz was taken off after forty-five minutes, Bilva did nothing, Kane obviously got nine, um Cresswell um didn't do anything. And then I had Azpi because I figured he'd start in that Chelsea rotating back four, but he didn't and he's starting tonight instead. So a little bit pissed off about that, but sure, well, look, what can you do? But yeah, look, I'm still up around fifth, so I'm still in playoff spots at the moment. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll try and rebuild and go again.
0: We will rebuild. Yeah, I I think I find myself one win behind you. I'm down in eleventh, tied with Thomas and Paddy, I think. Yeah, the middle so, ta
1: middle of the table is very tight. Like it's it's uh, very very the, tight.
0: There isn't room for glue down there. Uh, one or two wins could see me get into those playoff positions and be a bit more comfortable. But as ever, confidence is sky high, especially with with that many points on the bench and a big win. Big win for uh, Spicebox Speedrunners. Over in Eindhoven. <laughs> is that the name of your team, is it? Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, they're, they, they they do be quick. So, Steve, have you anything else for the listeners no, this No, I week?
1: think that's it for me.
0: Yeah, that's going to be all from me, too. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll do the admin. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, do that on Twitter. That's at the FPL jingle. Uh, If you want to see the website, that'll be linked in the podcast description, and it is fpljingle.com, and what else? You can see our Discord, that'll be linked in the podcast description, where you'll get updates on when the episodes go live. Thanks for listening, all the best, and goodbye.
1: Bye now.